10 out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, folks. Welcome back. Today is Thursday, July 27, 2023. This is episode 417 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I'm your host, back in the A-hole chair, Dr. Gerald Osier. <coughs> Excuse me. Dr. Gerald Osier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, McKinday, Bjorn, Duke Vang, Marcus Seiler, Ms. Julian, Jamie Fleck, Mods, Simply Cyber Community, Simply Cyber Squads coming in over on YouTube, coming over on LinkedIn. First timers and long timers are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry and become a practitioner, you're going to get value here because we're going to be covering the topics that you need to know about and in any single job interview. You will be asked, how do you stay current in the industry? I guarantee you. Ask anyone. We have several people who just got jobs uh, in the industry. We have several people who are doing interviews last week and this week. Ask them. Ask them if they got asked that question. Don't take my word for it. If you are live, say what's up and be mindful, whether you're live or on replay, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So it stacks up two and a half a week, 10 a month. CPEs are continuing professional education credits, and they're required. Um, hey, Frank, uh, Mum's going to be on Team Replay today? All right, represent Team Live and Team Replay. Hey, um, CPEs, if you get cybersecurity certifications, you can't just get it and like do nothing and then 20 years later be like, I'm a CISP. Like You're required to take continuing education to maintain it. Super easy if you're here with us, two and a half a week, 10 a month, like I said. So say something in chat, take a screenshot, show you were here. Perhaps if you're not sure, just say hashtag team live. Get those numbers up. What's up, Jesse Johnson? Good to see you. Hashtag team live. Matthew Necci with the blue. Tom Bishop with the blue. I love that uh, blue SC logo badging. Thanks for the longtime support. All right. If you are uh, live, hashtag team live. If you're on replay like Frank's mom, hashtag team replay. Hey, Frank's mom. Want to say hello to everybody. Before we get into the top cyber news of the day, it is Thursday, which means it is Dan Reardon's meme of the week. So stay tuned for that at the mid-roll. Uh, I'll just brief. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, thanks, guys. I love this shirt, too. I'll just briefly touch on uh, yesterday as a show note. I'd like to extend my sincere appreciation and gratitude to Eric Taylor uh, for covering the show yesterday. I called Eric about 730 at night on 
on um, whatever night it was. Uh, basically, I was grilling for the family. Not, I was trying to do a bunch of things, not paying attention, and I reached up to close the uh, grill box. Instead of grabbing the handle, my hand slid past it and grabbed the actual grill box and started to pull it down. Um, I put my hand in an ice water bath for about five hours, drank some Imperial Stouts and Advil to numb the pain, and I woke up and uh, unbelievably, um, I mean, my skin is burned and screwed up, but uh, the pain is no longer there. It's not throbbing. So, you know, I'm back into the back into the seat. But, you know, thanks to Eric. Thanks to Jack Scott for covering the market, your cyber self. Thank you to the Simply Cyber Squad uh, and larger community for, um, you know, rolling with the punches and being flexible. Thank you very much. So that's the story with that. Now, before we get into the top cyber news of the day, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, those who make it possible for me to bring this show to you every single morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time, starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor, who not only covered for the show yesterday, but also um, supports the show um, financially. So thank you very much, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Guys, if you don't know, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues. Whoops. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues uh, for businesses and send dedicated hardware and business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. If you are right of boom, if you've taken my GRC course, you know what boom is. If you are actively dealing with a cyber incident and it's no good, oh my God, check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Barricade Cyber dropping a 50 spot. All right, Barricade Cyber, a longtime supporter of the show, dropping another 50. 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. Wow. Um, just, what, I don't even know what um, uh, my sound... Like, I want to do the um, the um, the Metal Gear Solid, like, sound, and I don't even have that, so I guess I have to do that manual. Holy crap. Uh, thank you very much, Barricade Cyber. Hey, if you're a new squad member, uh, because of this Barricade Cyber... Uh, um, gifted subs please check out the um, please check out the emote tray on YouTube as you have just unlocked several things including one barricade cyber solutions logo just like that thank you so much Eric for allowing uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> the official uh, sound effect of Eric Taylor all right I also want to say shout out and love to um, uh, Panopsi Security, Panopsi.com, link in the description below. They they do a lot of uh, work left of boom. So helping you identify and protect your assets in advance. One of the best ways to do that is with a quantified risk assessment um, activity. So quantified risk assessment, they come in, they interview your staff, they take a look at your tech stack, they run some scans, they go off and then they come back with a report that has statistically sound information based on your you know, security posture, your IT infrastructure, your um, threat landscape, and your industry. And they give you percentages. Like, listen, you have a 28 to 32% chance of being ransomware next year. Is that okay for you? Like, and this becomes a business conversation because now you have actual metrics and you can ask them definitively, hey, do you want to invest in an additional $27,000 next year and reduce the risk of a cyber attack by 15%? You tell me. That's a that's it. I'll tell you what a ransomware attack does to our business and how much we can expect to lose. You tell me if you're willing to roll the dice and have a 30% chance of experiencing that incident or you'd like to lower it. Quantified risk assessments, massive massive value. 
Also want to say shout out and love to Anti-Siphon Training. I did take their little sneak preview uh, OSINT training yesterday with Michelle Kahn, which was awesome. I'll talk more about Anti-Siphon Training at the mid-roll. All right, I see those gifted subs still rolling in, so that's fantastic. Nice job. Um, nice job, everybody, and thank you. I do have uh, I do have some sound effects that are not working, uh, like my Wrecking Ball one, which totally should work, so I'll just play the Viking Horn twice. Viking Horn twice. There we go. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the news and have a good time. Do me a favor. Sit back, relax. Actually, hold on. Uh, hold on one second, because I didn't say this. From this. I do not, uh, just so everybody knows, I do not prepare or research any of these stories that we're about to cover um, beforehand. So you're getting my raw um, take, my raw opinion on each of these stories. Also, if you're a first timer here, if this is your first time on the stream, welcome everybody and let us know, hashtag first timer in chat. Uh, Kimberly's telling Nicole, congrats. I'd love to know what Nicole did. Nicole, Nicole. There's so, so many gifted squad members. Uh, I can't. It's I, Nicole. Good news, Team Live. I formally accepted a security analyst two position this morning. Nicole Hewlett with the win. Nice, Nicole. Congratulations. Wonderful news. So happy for you. I've got to get this wrecking ball sound effect fixed. I'm going to try to do it while the stream is happening. And then I'm going to drop a wrecking ball sound effect for one Miss Nicole, who is straight crushing it. Um, in relatively new time, newcomer to the Simply Cyber community, if I'm not mistaken, Nicole. There's our first uh, first timer, E White Jr. Welcome to the stream, E White. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, let's get into the news. ESO series. It's cybersecurity headlines. It's Thursday, July twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Russian court convicts cybersecurity executive of treason. A Russian court found Group IB's former CEO and co-founder Ilya Sakov guilty of treason, sentencing him to 14 years in prison. Authorities arrested Sakov back in September 2021. While the charges in the case are classified, the Russian state news agency TASS said the charges involve passing along classified information to foreign operatives. Sakov's attorney maintained his innocence and said they would appeal the verdict. Group IB severed ties with the Russian market in recent years, renaming itself FACT. SEC. All right. Well, that's not good. Um, well, first of all, so this, I'm doing this as we're talking here. Okay. So there's the Metagear Solid Alert for one, um, Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solution dropping that love. All right. So Russian court jail cyber executive for 14 years in prison in treason. So I would argue that this is, um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. Arrested in 2021. You've got, here's the deal, guys. I, there, Russia is in a war right now with Ukraine, right? This individual um, obviously is uh, well-to-do, right, as an executive of, of what is likely a large company, um, probably well-funded, well-connected, political. 2021 was a year well into the war. Um, I could easily see um, Putin... You know, basically, this guy did not agree with him. Again, this is speculation. Um, he was he was accused of giving uh, secrets away. It doesn't say to who. Um, but if there's sufficient evidence, this is his lawyer saying it. So who knows what that means? I don't know anything about this particular story. Um, but I guess I'm just saying it's it. This isn't a political show in any capacity. Um, 
but you know it, it's not that far a, a reach if you will um to think that this might be related to something besides what actually happened uh sakov accused authorities of allowing a prominent Rish russian criminal hacker to go about his business unimpeded oh that could be it um so so this is interesting to know um again this is i'm about to mix facts with speculation okay so here's the deal. You might think to yourself, how is it that Eastern European um, criminal actors can operate with immunity? Like, what is going on? Why is that a safe haven? Well, part of it is, and this is a mix of informed and speculation, part of it is that these threat actors operate in Russian uh, space, and Russia does not invest the time, energy, or effort to pursue them or uh, um, uproot them um, because it doesn't benefit their their needs, right? Uh, and sometimes, it, and this is the speculation part, sometimes the state of Russia, the country of Russia, calls upon these individuals in a quid pro quo where, hey, we're not busting your back, um, but we do need you um, to attack this target and make it not the you know make it not Russia, but a you know uh, a lone wolf cyber criminal syndicate. You see what I mean? So now you're not entering into articles. What is it? Article five, um, where you're, you're, it's an act of war. It's just some cyber criminal gang, right? So it's called basically being bulletproof. And if you think that I'm, you know, uh, stoking the fires and being a, you know, political show here, go back and read the Conti papers. Um, the Conti papers were the Conti ransomware gang, AKA wizard spider. Um, when the Ukrainian conflict started, Conti was like a massive player in the ransomware space, but half of the Conti gang was Ukrainian and half was Russian. And Conti officially came out and said they stood with Russia, pro-Russia, everything Russia. And the Ukrainian members of the Conti um, absolutely would not stand for that and imploded the group, which is a win for us because, <laughs> frankly, they were very good at their job, imploded the group and released like lots and lots and lots and lots of internal documentation, communications, and those were the Conti papers or the Conti leaks. And within that, um, there were emails talking about um, how Russian law enforcement, they didn't need to worry about it. There was an investigation, but they knew that they were covered because of, you know, because of like these relationships that they have. So it sounds like this individual spoke out about one particular in, in um individual or group of individuals who are having this kind of like government protection uh program and it, it got him in hot water 14 years in a in a high security penal colony so you know that that's that that sucks uh frankly but at the same time again in full full fairness maybe this individual did leak state secrets and did commit treason and this is appropriate punishment i don't know i don't know enough details about this particular case or story i didn't see any evidence but i'm just saying from what i do know <laughs> i could see that happening uh, quite easily that it was like a, a hit job require incident disclosure on wednesday the securities and exchange commission approved new rules to require organizations to disclose material cybersecurity incidents to the regulator within four business days the u.s attorney general can delay public disclosure of incidents if it would threaten public safety or national security the rules would also require companies to annually share risk management, cybersecurity strategy, and governance policies.
This applies to domestic businesses and those doing business in the U.S. The new rules come into effect this December, although smaller companies will have an additional 180 days to come into compliance. All right. A couple things here. One, um, well, okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. For those who don't know, the SEC is the um, is like basically the government authority that makes sure publicly traded companies are on the up and up, right? So uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, they make sure that that gets completed. It, it, it's basically to make sure that companies that take public, you know, investor money, don't screw the investors over, right? Now, what they're doing here is saying that they're going to start requiring companies to disclose cybersecurity incidents. Okay. Now I, I am a practitioner. Okay. I'm a practitioner. So I'm just going to point out first and foremost that I don't think that they mean, I don't think they're using the words that they think they are. Um, they're not going to be required to disclose incidents. Okay. They're going to be required to disclose breaches, but we'll say incidents for, the, for this, uh, you know, for this one and see how it says, disclose material cybersecurity incidents. Well, now we've got ourselves a little bit of a, a words play thing, right? Like what is material? What defines that? Is material the same to me as it is to you? You know a publicly traded company, unless it's absolutely obscenely bad, is not gonna wanna disclose a cybersecurity breach. So they're gonna be like, nah, that's not material, right? So this gets into that. Uh, also, and I've said this on the show before, um, hold on one second. I got to make sure my mod chats are good. Uh, yeah, Nicole nailing it. Um, I've said this on the show before. You know, the clock doesn't start ticking. They said four days to disclose. The clock doesn't start ticking until you call it a breach, right? Until then, you're investigating an incident, you know? So, the, like, you can't say, like, it's just inter internally within the world of information security, you don't say the word breach out loud um, until you're ready to start the clock. Four days is uh, pretty, pretty aggressive. Um, I've seen, you know, I think in the state of South Carolina, a privacy breach, it's 72 hours to notify. Um, it, it, it doesn't sound, it sounds like, oh, four days, like that's almost a whole business week. But I'm telling you, when these things are actually happening and actually moving, four days is not a lot of time. On top of that, you, you, when you find out that you've got a, a real situation on your hands, Two things. One, you're trying to like contain the issue. You're calling barricade cyber, right? You're trying to like, you're trying to get it under control. It's like an active fire and you're trying to contain it. Second of all, if you only have four days, part of the problem of that, it's not to be like deceptive or, you know, kick the can down the road until after the investor shareholder meeting. No, it's because in four days, you honestly don't really know how bad it is yet, okay? So like when you have a trash can fire, you're like, oh, the fire is on, the trash is on fire. Like you see it, you understand it. With a cyber incident, there's no visual fire, right? I mean, we have logs and stuff, but you don't know if they're like just in Carl's computer or if they've moved laterally through the environment and they've got domain admin or they've got the, you know, the domain controller or your file server, or they got, you know, where, I, you know what I mean? Like you don't know, and it takes time to do that research. So if you're disclosing an incident and you're not giving the full facts, well then 
Um, is it going to be backed up where you, you they like claim that you lied because it was much worse than it was? For example, uh, last week when Microsoft had that uh, token API thing broken and they reported 25 government accounts were compromised and then they came out a week later and they're like, it's actually way worse than we thought. That could be spun to be like, oh, look how deceptive and bad uh, Microsoft was, although it wasn't in this case. James McQuiggan with the Super Chat trat, chat. Uh, James saying, this will be interesting to see how they enforce it. Keep in mind other countries like UK, Canada, EU have 72 hours to report the incident. Interesting. Uh, and, okay, James McQuiggan dropping the Super Chats. We just become best friends. Uh, and item 105, Form 8K, will generate generally be due four business days after a registrant determines that a cyber incident is material. All right. Well, thank you, uh, James McQuiggan, for that information. Now, um, put, putting the disclosures aside, and we'll, like we said, we'll see how how this looks right like we believe me there will be a company soon after this becomes a requirement that has to to do it right like companies are getting hit all the time there's no question what i do want to spend a minute on is give us all a, a round of applause here um what they also said here is that got uh publicly excuse me publicly traded companies which there are thousands publicly traded companies will be required to disclose their cybersecurity strategy, how they're implementing governance. Oh, uh, and a couple other things. Guys, um, men, women, ladies, uh, non-binary, whatever, pants off. This is a win for GRC. This this is basically the federal government requiring all publicly traded companies to have GRC capabilities in some form or fashion. Whether we're talking CISO, Director of Information Security, multi-tat, you can't even multi-hat somebody because you have to, like for proper governance, you need that separation. So this is a GRC um, you know, celebration, like get the like get the duck boats ready. Uh, if you're, if you know what I'm talking about in Boston, right, get the duck boats ready, get the parade going. Cause this is a GRC, uh, freight train coming to your town. So way to go us. Yes. I heart NIST too. So I'll stay close to this SEC one. I would love to, um, I know it sounds boring, but I, I do love governance. Um, I, I would uh, love to bring someone on from the SEC or from, you know, something to do with this to get deeper understanding and meaning. Maybe, maybe Gary Gensler, the SEC chair, uh, is uh, is available. I, I doubt it, but um, anyways, win for GRC. Government cyber attacks rely on valid credentials. According to a new report from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, threat actors used valid credentials in 54% of attacks against federal civilian agencies in 2022. Spear phishing proved the second most popular, used in 33% of incidents. The report looked at 121 risk and vulnerability assessments. CISA also found threat actors saw the most success using common phishing and default credential methods. The report noted that these attacks didn't show a particular amount of creativity, largely keeping to the same methods seen in past government breaches. AI. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> Uh, this report is saying that CISA, uh, Jen Easterly and I heart NIST, uh, let's get some of that. Uh, ooh, like let's, here, I'm going to do this. If you're a new squad member because one of uh, Barricade Cyber Squad uh, gifts got to you, go ahead and giddy up on uh, that. There's Jen Easterly and I heart NIST, a little tag team action. CISA uh, reporting that government cyber attacks involve valid creds. No surprise, guys. You know who gives out valid creds? Cool. You know who reuses passwords across systems? Cool. You know who uses crappy passwords? Cool. <laughs> it's basic. 
bro. It's basic. You don't need to do elite zero days when you have active creds, right? When you can brute force because your password sucks. When your password's involved in a data breach, but you're lazy and you use it everywhere else, right? Valid credentials have not been disabled for former employees, default admins, in over half the attacks. You, you feel me on this one, dude? Over half the attacks on the U.S. government were used using either default creds, leftover creds, fished creds, crappy creds, breached creds. Guys, it's 2023. Can we please have like a... Can, can we gather around the water cooler for a second and like do a lunch and learn on how to use a password vault? Like it's not, can we make password vaults normal? Like, can we normalize this? Jesus. And, and by the way, can we also point out that guys, you don't need elite zero day hacks or you don't need, the, you don't need to call in the nuclear option and get Chris Helmsworth from Black Hat. You don't need Hugh Jackman from Swordfish. All you need is like, <laughs> like the social engineering toolkit and a, um, a, a, a fishing landing page, right? Dude, we need to do better than this. This is terrible. Um, if you are working in anywhere, uh, I don't care if it's government or not. Uh, it, def it definitely says critical infrastructure. By the way, critical infrastructure is defined. There was this uh, initiative by Obama to define critical infrastructure and start getting them more resources, set up ISACs and stuff like that. Um, critical infrastructure basically includes everything. It's like energy, water, dams, um, financial, um, healthcare. It's basically everything. So, you know, it is just that. But uh, it, it doesn't include ice cream shop. Sorry, Joel Belton. But just here's the deal, guys. If you're looking for like one quick win this week um, or next week or whatever for your organization, use this story and, and couple it with like a, a lunch and learn on password vaults. Tell people how to protect themselves. Um, and really, you'll be helping your business as well. But Jesus, you're killing me, Smalls, with this one. Giants form Frontier Model Forum. Anthropic, Google, Microsoft, and OpenAI announced the formation of the organization, inviting both competitors and related NGOs to join as well. The forum will work to develop best practices for evaluating so-called frontier models. This would apply to models that exceed the capabilities currently present in the most advanced existing models. The group will seek to issue a public library of solutions to address issues raised by emerging model capabilities. This all comes after a group of leading AI companies reached a deal with the White House on proposals to minimize AI risks and conduct safety research. All right. And now. All right. So two things. One, um, I'm, I'm happy to see this. OK, so the people who are like actively developing the um, AI. You know, the big AIs, right? You can't stop like I could spin up a. Uh, large uh, large language model like Cody Kinsey on his streams has has trained AI and done some really interesting things. But like the big players, your Microsofts, your Googles, your OpenAI, they are setting up an industry-led like AI like safety committee or whatever you want to call it in order to make sure that we don't turn into Skynet. Okay, here here's all I'm going to say about this. I love this idea. If you guys are regulars, I know that um, we have some first timers here. Sher I don't know if Sherry's in chat, but she's only been here a few days. Nicole's relatively new. H here's the deal. I've said this before. 
they they came out like the the government came out like maybe a month ago and said that like the senators right the U.S. Senate is putting together a committee um, around looking at AI and they'll like when they convene in November or October they'll start assembling the pieces and I lost my mind okay I lost my mind because I I was saying like you slow bureaucratic bloated like this is not good ai is moving at a pace that is unbelievably fast and the u.s government is going to move at the u.s government's speed it's it's a waste of time frankly because by the time you convene on whatever it is you're going to convene on it's going to be irrelevant so i am wicked pumped to see that an industry-led body that is in partnership with the White House. I'm sure the White House basically slapped their logo on at the end or gave some type of like, obviously some type of benefit. I'm not saying straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. But I'm sure there was some, some dude, there was something that was beneficial to these, um, to these large big tech companies. I have no doubt, probably access to data. Um, and an industry led body is going to move at the speed of industry, which is much faster and move at the speed of AI, which is much faster. So totally pumped on that. I want to say what's up, Daniel Lowry in the house. Anytime I, hold on, <laughs> chat's coming in quick here. Uh, Daniel Lowry saying, anytime I do a password crack in demo, there's always someone that will say the password I cracked was too easy and that's why I was able to crack it. I just say, yep, 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 exactly. What's up, Daniel Lowry? Great to have you in chat. Hey, by the way, while we were talking, um, I did get my soundboard fixed up. So to Nicole Hewlett, <laughs> Great job, Nicole. All right, let's get to the mid-roll. Word from our sponsor, App Omni. SaaS cyber attacks are prevalent and often go unnoticed until data loss or breaches occur. Sign-ins from an unusual IP address, stolen session tokens, these security risks can lurk in the shadows and put your entire SaaS estate at risk. Don't wait for a breach to secure your SaaS data. App Omni helps security teams to detect suspicious activity, decide what activities to be alerted on, and receive guided remediation. Learn how at appomni.com. All right, guys. If you're a first timer here, I want to holler at you. Hey, what's up, CatGPT with nine months sub? Thanks, Cat. Shall we play a game? Guys, it's the mid roll. So if it's your first time here, uh, get ready to be delighted. And if you're a regular, you know what's up. All right, taking it back to the 80s. Got a little special surprise for you guys uh, as we transition to jawjacking. It's not really ready for prime time, but you know what's up. I'm going to show it to you uh, here at the at the end of the show. Uh, guys, I want to uh, take a hot minute. How many people we got? 267 of you beautiful people in here. Thank you all for being here and spending a few minutes of your day with the Simply Cyber community. If you are getting entertainment value or educational value, either one, do the community a solid and hit the like button. I'm not farming clicks here. By hitting the like button, you can you can um, activate the YouTube algorithm and they will reach out and suggest to people looking for cybersecurity content that are not here. Hey, a bunch of people who consume cyber content are liking this video, go check it out. And then that's how more people find the show. So thanks so much, Carl, Carl, Carl. <laughs> we got Carl Inception up in here. Carl, thanks for the super chat, man. Genuinely appreciate it. Guys, I want to say thank you again to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, 
and anti-siphon. Guys, if you don't know anti-siphon training, link's in the description below. Actually, the link in the description below is one of those ones that keeps track of how many times it's been clicked, so go hit that button instead of Googling anti-siphon. Anti-siphon training is the training arm of Black Hills Information Security. Wonderful people. They have all sorts of different training, including a pay-what-you-can training model. Uh, these eight courses are pay-what-you-can. Just to share with you, uh, they're constantly doing Lunch and Learns webinars. Yesterday, myself, Space Tacos, I know Ben was there, did Michelle Kahn's OSINT course. Um, it was phenomenal. Uh, it was a little teaser. Uh, Michelle's, Michelle is going to be doing the course in um, at Wild West Hackenfest, 16 hours. This dude did OSINT on a level that was insane without using Google, okay? He used hacker tools. He used Burp Suite to like grind somebody's date of birth out. Um, he did, um, just he, he, go watch the video. You can catch it on replay, but uh, this is the type of stuff that Anti-Siphon's training is doing. This is why I'm so uh, proud to be affiliated with Anti-Siphon and Black Hills Information Security. So definitely go check that out. All right, guys, um, we got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge uh, going right now. Jenny Housley, I, I was out yesterday, uh, so please holler at me um, in chat, if you will, who owns the baton right now. Guys, um, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative that we in the community are doing to help basically hack LinkedIn. So every day someone gets the baton, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. They post their cyber story on LinkedIn with the hashtag, and then everybody goes and A, connects with them, B, comments on that post, and then C, connects with the people in comments. So by you commenting on that post, people are gonna start reaching out and connecting to you. After a week or two, you will notice that your feed on LinkedIn is very positive, very inclusive, very focused on cybersecurity. So only do it if you want a rich cyber-focused feed on your LinkedIn and connect and build a professional network of like-minded, awesome people. That's what's up. Bashir Delati with the baton. Bashir, if you're in the house, could you please tag someone? I love it. I love it. Now, guys, every single Thursday, Dan Reardon, aka Haircut Fish, makes a custom meme. I did have that injury yesterday. So Dan Reardon, not knowing that I burned my hand on a grill, went ahead and mocked up a, um, this is what the court reporter thinks uh, uh, my injury uh, looked like. So yeah, um, holler at you. Thanks so much for the continued meme of the week, Dan Reardon. Also fun fact, Dan Reardon actually was like whipping out some uh, memes of the week on the um, OSINT call yesterday as well. So love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, everybody for the continued support and great work on the meme of the week. Yeah, the t-shirt, we can talk about this at Jaw Jack and I got you, I got you straightened out. But for now, let's slide back into the news and get, get back after it. Privacy implications of the Fediverse. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, Cindy Cohn and Rory Meir published a piece looking at the privacy implications of decentralized social services in the wake of a Mastodon server seizure last May. This saw the server for Collectiva.Social seized as part of an FBI raid, part of a seizure of all electronics on the site. The Mastodon backups on that server included emails, hashed passwords, direct messages, interactions, and IP addresses for thousands of users, including ones from other instances. The EFF recommends Fediverse admins only keep data as long as necessary, as well as limit data collection to an absolute minimum overall. It also recommends admins be transparent with users on any suspected access by law enforcement.
All right. So a couple things here. Um, one, you know, just because Mastodon is a uh, kind of decentralized social media platform, it, it and if you don't know what Mastodon is, um, it's it's like it's think of like Twitter, like when Twitter imploded. And I know it's actively imploding right now, but like when Twitter first imploded. Um, everybody kind of jumped off the boat and it was like, think of Twitter as like a cruise ship. And then all of like the life rafts, um, those are like Mastodon servers. So like the InfoSec community jumped in like a InfoSec.exchange boat and drove away. And then other people jumped in their own Mastodon boats and drove away. And part of the benefit is like, oh, like I can, I can authenticate to this server, to this server, but it's not like one ecosystem where everybody's on the same thing, like the cruise ship that Twitter was. Okay. So just because Mastodon is like this open source alt, you know, uh, messaging platform and stuff like that, um, which I'm on InfoSec Exchange, but I don't use it a lot because I find it very um, clunky. But that doesn't mean that the FBI can't seize the the servers. They can absolutely do it if they have reason for it. You're not protected in any way. So that's worth noting. Uh the other thing I want to point out is the Electronic Freedom Frontier, uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. I always think of it as Electronic Freedom Foundation, honestly. So uh, good, <laughs> kudos, like not kudos, but like uh, I'm glad that I see it spelled out now because I've always said it incorrectly. They are a, think of EFF as like a, not pri they're kind of like a privacy rights advocate champion for individuals. Um they are, I think they're, they're definitely nonprofit, but I think that they take donations. A lot of times you'll see people wearing EFF shirts or hoodies. Uh, they've been around for a long time and they are champions of the people. Think almost like a, like a private kind of FTC, if you will. So if you see EFF, they do good work. They've been heavily involved. You see them a lot around DEF CON. Um, so I appreciate this. EFF has a who has your back recommendations. Here, I'm going to pull this up really quickly. Uh, I'll drop this link in chat. Um, EFF. And the EFF tracks government oversight, government overreach. Uh, you can see here they've got this, um, I guess, like matrix table um, of what businesses uh, promise what. Like Adobe promises not to sell our data to users or and tell users when the government requests data. However, Amazon, for example, will not tell you when the government requests data, nor does Amazon, big, <laughs> big surprise here, Amazon does not promise not to sell your data to other users. Come on, obviously. Straight cash, homie. Amazon's all about that straight cash, homie. They are, they are you know, like oiling themselves down with, with data, right? Oh my gosh. Okay. So anyways, that's what Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation is and definitely worth checking out if you're interested in dabbling a little bit into uh, privacy and privacy rights. NATO investigating SiegeSec attack. Earlier this week, the threat group known as SiegeSec posted on Telegram it exfiltrated hundreds of documents from NATO's COI cooperation portal. That portal serves as NATO's unclassified information sharing environment. NATO confirmed it's investigating the claims. According to an analysis by CloudSec, the documents shared on Telegram include names, company affiliation, business emails, addresses, and photos, impacting 31 nations. All right, hold on. So SiegeSec is a hacking group, and they stole some data from the Communities of Information Interest Corporation portal. What is that? 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, Story. Uh, that is the Military Alliance's unclassified information and collab environment that supports NATO. Okay. Um, okay. So it looks like some some pro um pro I would assume some pro Russian um hacking group called Seed Check, who I've never heard of, uh accessed an unclassed system that has to do with uh that has to do with um NATO unclassed data. So not great, not good, but um you know, it is what it is. I mean, this is basically this walks right up to the edge of the line as far as a military strike. Um, again, we are dabbling in really murky gray waters around what is considered an act of war and what is not. If if a missile flew into NATO, and I know NATO is like an alliance and not an actual place, but like if a missile flew into NATO, it's unmistakable that that's an act of war, right? <laughs> when when NATO's unclassed file server thing uh, gets compromised by a non a non-state sponsored entity right um it's it's very difficult to say that's an act of war by the way going back to my rant earlier about kind of the bulletproof protection and why russia might give that to certain threat acting groups allow me to point to exhibit a again speculation but if siege sect is operating out of russia i would think that by doing this and dumping this data and everything that certainly seems um to benefit russia um in their uh military operation or whatever they're calling it um so certainly wouldn't want that to stop again so like this is an actual implementation of that concern that i pointed to earlier i don't know what this nato data data is uh at this point two things one you'd have to do incident response to contain and prevent this from happening again that's right of boom so getting the the breach is boom uh you need to contain it and then from a um i guess from a an impact perspective you need another team to go look at this data that was dumped and analyze what is the exposure of it right so again when we talk about incident response and you're like well what's the big deal like why do we even need a third party like we'll just call kevin an it guy and he'll come re you know reload the backups and we're back up and running right no 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 you need to sometimes deal with the threat actors you need to figure out the extent with which the um compromise went you need to understand what order systems need to be recovered and restored from you need to make sure that you're not restoring <laughs> backups that have malware in them because malware is just software y'all you can back up malware just the same as backing up real files right so you might actually be loading you might actually reload an ins uh, like a backup or an image that has a persistence mechanism already built into it. Okay, so you got to be careful about that. Then, when there's a data dump like this, someone's got to go in and analyze what the hell. What? Whoops. Someone has to go in and analyze what the crap um, the data was. What's the impact? What can this be done? That's an entire team and has to be internal because you can't hire some third party to analyze data because they don't know your business or what what the value is. Right? It, it's really a you know, like brew the co like brew another pot of coffee, call in some pizzas, make sure you got your brown pants on because, you know, it's it's going to be an absolute crap show. All right. Education hammered by ransomware. We've covered numerous instances of educational organizations hit with ransomware on this show. 
but a new report from Sophos gives a wider view of what it means for the overall sector. According to their State of Ransomware in Education 2023 report, 79% of higher and 80% of lower education organizations surveyed saw some sort of compromise from ransomware in 2022. Overall, compromised credentials accounted for 36% of breaches, while exploits accounted for 40% of compromises in higher education. The report also found the education sector saw a higher rate of paying ransoms, with 56% of higher education victims doing so. It cited a lower rate of maintaining backups compared to other sectors as a major reason. Um, For Peloton... Okay, so really quickly, um, I'm actually... Let me talk about this. So I worked in higher ed for a number of years. I actually teach, and Brian W. asked the question, is SeedSec Russian? Uh, I'm going to check that in a second because uh, if they're not, well, then um, what I just said falls flat. But let me let me do my work. Um, okay, so I worked in higher ed for years, protecting it as a practitioner. I, I now teach in higher ed, so I'm, you know, I'm all up in that business. We have seen multiple instances of lower ed, basically K through 12, getting hosed. K through 12, um, Los Angeles um, County School District was hit by, I want to say, Vice Society recently. Minneapolis school system hit by Medusa. Dude, higher ed at least has a shot. Low K through 12 is totally screwed, and they are ripe for the picking. Guys, here's the deal. Lower ed, higher ed, whatever you want to call it. They're they're definitely lower in the in the industries as far as investment goes. Teachers in the United States in the United States gets paid dirt for some reason, uh, and I don't I don't know why, but for some reason the cost of college tuition continues to increase. Yet everybody's kind of like not getting paid very well in higher ed. So I'm not sure where all that money's going. Great cash, homie. Maybe to build new buildings or something like that, but um, they're not investing it in information security. And because of that, they are a prime target, ripe for the picking. And threat actors, guys, threat actors that are getting paid, they don't care if it's higher ed or pharmaceutical company or bank or, um, you know, Kim's, um, Kim's, what, what, what is, what's Kim going to do today? Um, Kim's like bur burrito food truck. Okay. It doesn't matter. All they care about is straight cash, homie. straight cash, homie. They just want to get paid, right? So here's my thing to you. If if you're decided you're going to go ransomware someone, what do you do? do, do guys, let's take it back to like our childhood. If you're the big bad wolf and you're going to attack a pig's house, do you go for the brick house or do you go for the one made of straw? Obviously, the straw one, right? Easier target, softer target. It's got the same pig in there. The three little pigs were all pigs. They weren't, it wasn't like one was like a gold pig and one was like a, a copper pig, right? It's just pigs, man. So anyways, soft targets are going to get hit and that's all there is to it, right? So, you know, it sucks. It sucks for them. Um, now, uh, really quickly, um, Brian over on Discord said, is Siege Sec a Russian um, hacking group because I was making wild claims that, you know, this is like top cover from top cover from um, Russia. Right. Let's see. Let's see here. I'm just going to look really quickly. This is how you would do it, right? 
just Google siege sec hacking group. I could look at miter attack. Um, okay, so I just did control F for the word rush and siege sec, new cyber threat actor group. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, many of the groups have strict hacktivist mission, knocking commercial organizations across Russia offline. So that would that might even consider it not. Uh, sieging the victim's security, the group led by a renowned hacktivist using the mountain car, Yu Anon Wolf, has quickly progressed lethality. All right, let's let's check this guy out. And I don't mean to do this live, so I can do this during jawjacking, but. Yeah, I'll do this during jaw jack, and I, I do wanna um I do wanna get to the bottom of this and see what's up. But let's let's finish the news. Every day is breach day. Researchers at Checkpoint discovered vulnerabilities in the popular Peloton tread. The fitness appliance runs Android 10, making it uniquely vulnerable in Peloton's lineup. This means unless it receives software updates, any bugs discovered in 2022 and 2023 in Android could impact the machine. Additionally, an attacker could potentially enable USB debugging to further gain access locally. Because the tread connects to a network, attackers could use it to further infect any attached devices. Added to this, the researchers also discovered an open, unauthenticated API, meaning a threat actor could potentially do this remotely. Ugh. Peloton said it determined exploitation would require local access and that they meet expected security measures for Android-based devices. All right. I mean, so, all right, so here's the deal. Peloton, um, if you don't know, they make um, uh, spin cycles and treadmills and they have an app and people love it. And the thing is they went quick to market. They had that smear campaign where that, you know, we're not smear. They had that commercial campaign that backfired on them. But let's just take take it for a minute. Peloton exploded. The the pandemic didn't hurt their business because a lot of people were buying these things to stay active and stay kind of engaged social. And um Okay. So here's the deal. They go quick to market, so they're not in, in they are probably have some type of security QC checking and those type of things going. Um, but it sounds like they're not doing kind of red team testing on their own devices and stuff like that. There have been three different things. One with the operating system, which I'm sure they, I, I don't know. They must fork some version of like Android. I would suppose, uh, the app itself, which is on your mobile devices. And then they say, and malware, but I mean, malware, you, you put it on, um, you put it on a system so like this is kind of this like one of these this doesn't make sense for the way they're saying it right but anyways um here's the deal they mentioned that there's a exposed api and application programming interface that allows you to um access this now you could say well what's the big deal jerry like oh, i can pull i can pull that you ran two miles yesterday or that you have a really slow 5k time whatever you need to you need to put past that and think about the actual impact so a lot of these Pel these Pelotons are expensive, right? And they're um, they're expensive. So typically, wealthier individuals or wealthier businesses are the ones who are purchasing them. They're sticking them on their own networks, whether corporate network or home network. So now you've got kind of high value people uh, installing these things, and they're you know frankly uh, open to uh, compromise. So once I get on your box, it doesn't matter if it's a Nest thermostat or a smart fridge 
or Google, um, you know, a ring doorbell or something like that. It's just an endpoint on your network. The, the Peloton treadmill has an IP address. And when it has an IP address and I get a foothold on it, I can then look laterally around your network. Now, I, I want to point out most people, most people, I would say a large percentage, do not do network segmentation at their home. Like a lot of people don't do network segmentation at their work. No one's doing it at home, okay? Maybe Ipsex doing it at home. He he did his whole home network in IPv6. So he might do network segmentation. But what I'm saying is no one's doing that. So once you get a foothold on uh, the Peloton using these different techniques, then you could start moving laterally compromised assets and off, off to the races. So that's the real risk. Somebody in chat, Jenny Housley mentioned, uh, she thinks maybe the president of the United States is using that. Again, Know your attack surface. We talked the first control in CIS 18, one of the first the cybersecurity framework, the first category is identify. Uh, it's almost a meme that as asset inventory is the first control you're supposed to do because how can you can how can you secure things if you don't know the, what you're having in your environment? But this is an example where it's very very difficult to know what assets in your environment. Yes, I know that we have 1,000 Windows workstations in the environment. So I feel good about myself, but I don't care. Windows workstations, they're e like good on Microsoft too, but those are easy to centrally manage and push patches and all these. And occasionally you get some flare ups, but for the most part, the Windows workstations are not my problem. The problem is the Peloton in the break room, that's a foothold into my environment. The issue is the executives who need they're Apple MacBooks because you know they're special snowflakes. Um, Carl putting Carl! Carl putting a webcam down by the loading dock so he doesn't have to walk down there to see if the trucks are coming in. All of these are are, are potential exposures, and it becomes really difficult to know where all this is. So, anyways, uh, it's a longer discussion beyond Peloton, but you know, come on, Peloton, uh, you know, it's not a good look for them. Do better. Uh, it is what it is. Okay. I also, oh, let's do this really. When it comes to data compliance and reduce. All right. So that's going to do it for the news really quickly before we transition. I want to say uh shout to stone arrow. Who's going to be accepting the simply cyber community challenge baton. Thank you, stone arrow. Um, I appreciate that very much. Um, so we'll get on to that. I also want to remind everybody before, if you were here just for the news, um, I want to remind everybody that later today at 4.30 p.m., uh, Dr. Keith Jones is going to be my guest on Simply Cyber Live. Um, guys, this guy, uh, he was in my PhD program with me at Dakota State University. I am not being hyperbolic when I say this. He, if, if he's not the smartest person I've ever met in my life, he is top, he's top three smartest people I've ever met in my life. This dude is unbelievably smart and he's like pretty down to earth too he's not like um he's not so smart that he's like you know awkward or anything like he's he's just a really good guy really smart guy um uh, i'm gonna have him on and uh we're gonna talk to him and it's gonna be all about good time so definitely come check that out and come hang out and have some fun later today at 4 30 p.m i'll drop a link in chat right now for that all right, guys, if you were here just for the news, I want to thank you all very much um, for it. But now let's transition to jawjacking.
All right, guys. Let that was a little preview. I do have to put some cool like 80 synthwave music underneath that video, but I made that video last night. Uh, hopefully, you guys like it. As I begin to start to build out the SC Cafe, which is going to be the the back of the mullet channel for Simply Cyber, um, I'm going to um, I'm going to be having stuff like that. So look for that and look for more of that. Um, hey, Sherry, what's up in chat? The U.S. government has a contract with Peloton for every congressman to have one for free. What do you say? Always follow the money. Great cash, homie. Damn, you're right, Sherry. Good point. Um, yeah, like, dude, Peloton, you got to do better. If you're getting those type of contracts, you got to do better. Um, if you guys are interested in the Simply CyberCon t-shirt, I want to show everybody. Um, I'm going to put a link in chat below. Guys, the Simply CyberCon is up and running. Um, we've got the, 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 the conference is virtual. The conference is November 8th, 2023. The conference has two tracks. It's going to be all about good times, support, inclusion, community. Um, check it out. You can register on the website right here. It is free to register. If you would like to make a donation, we set the conference up as a nonprofit. If you want to make a donation by buying a ticket, uh, feel free to do that. All the money is going to go back into the community. Um, we had to purchase a little bit of software, um, the website, stuff like that. So like some of the money is going to go towards uh, costs of setting this whole thing up. But for the most part, uh, the money will go back into the community. We actually have it um, transparent. So you'll see the money. I could show it to you later, but you, there's a website where you can see the money coming in and out of the bank account. So uh, there's no shenanigans going on. Um, obviously I'm the MC of the event, so I'll be there to kick things off and helping people, uh, throughout the day. We're going to have a keynote from our own, uh, Black Hills own John Strand, uh, the guy who basically personifies support inclusion and all about good times in our industry. Um, come check this out. We got the workshops. We got the, um, the speakers, uh, it's going to be really good. Tyler Ramsby is going to be there. I uh, can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. But anyways, you can get a shirt um, to represent and, and support the uh, conference. There's going to be a link added to the website uh, by next week. We're, we're still going through. This was version one of the shirt. And you can see it's kind of um, the colors are a little washed out. Kimberly uh, McKnight has been Kimberly can fix it has been behind um, the graphics initiative and the shirts and stuff like that, as well as the website. And um she she's she's demanding excellence so she's been working her tail off to make sure that the the um the shirts are dope so that's what's up with that um so just a bite um maybe we could have a conversation offline about that i mean we were going to do zoom with discord chat to kind of support it uh we'd love your thoughts on how to how to deliver we want to deliver um we meaning the the leadership team around the conference we want to deliver an excellent experience for our attendees. So, you know, I'm not married to Zoom or married to uh, um, Discord or anything. Like, you know, what, whatever it is, I want it to be um, excellent. So let's holler at that. All right, guys. Got a, some time for jaw jacking. I'm super pumped. Um, as I mentioned... Oh, hold on. Let's look at this Siege Sec thing really quickly since I was saying that they were Russian. And uh, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Somebody said that the Dark Owl uh, report is good. Um, 
All right, so Seed Shucks has done some rather juvenile website defacement. Um, let's see. Their leader, your Anon Wolf, is in discussion forums. Intention motivations. Does anybody know? I mean, maybe they're just young and going bananas. They attacked an India-based online news distribution outlet. That doesn't really align with uh, Russian state-sponsored activity. Um, uh, I don't know. This... this uh, They, these th this seems young. Siege sex seems young. Um, like, do you remember how Lapsus Group? Take care, Jenny Housley. I'll see you nine thirty. Um, yeah. So I stand corrected. I I'm not seeing any evidence to indicate that they are uh, Russian in nature. Yeah, so I stand corrected. Thanks, Brian W., for um, um, asking for a little bit deeper analysis. It seems like Siege Sec is young, um, meaning in age, and just kind of, I don't want to say watch the world burn, but like attack anything and everyone and let it fly. So the NATO-based the NATO -based attack seems more like a crime of opportunity than out of uh, ideological motivation. All right. David Robbins says they're from Cali. Uh, Brandon Parsons saying Dark Owl was the first to report on that. Yeah, I have actually used Dark Owl's tool. It is interesting. Um, I don't know what I'm allowed to say about it or not, so I'm going to say nothing. But I've used their tool. It is interesting. Um, let me see this really quickly. Oh. So I'm just getting information now um, through a DM. I, I can't confirm it, but um, it per... Oh, hold on. The DM was just deleted, so I don't know if this individual is retracting their statement. Um, <laughs> never mind. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. Great question, Carl. Let's see what Carl says. Anyone have recommendations for trying to understand cyber insurance? Not looking to buy, just looking to wrap my head around the cost and practicality for small, mid-sized organizations. Um, yes. So <laughs> I got to tell you guys, like one of my favorite things to say is I have a video for that. Okay. So like you would imagine, uh, I actually have two videos on cyber insurance that are worth checking. Okay. So check it out, uh, Carl. I'm going to show you really quickly. Also, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say uh, in, um, an insurance nerd, but I am uh, into cyber insurance. <laughs> um, hold on. How do I simply cyber insurance? Maybe there's two videos. Um, oh, my God, bro. One, I had uh, two individuals on for a live stream. I think um, F. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Um, I think it was Mike wrote. This is one video right here where I try to do, this is an early video. I try to do this as, uh, as quickly as possible, like two minutes. 
I thought I was really clever with the thumbnail. I thought this video was going to perform really well. It literally three years old and has only 175 views. So, <laughs> uh, what a terrible, terrible video. So there's cyber insurance. And then there's another one on here. Um, there's another one on here where I interview uh, two experts in the field. Here's the deal, Carl. I'll just tell you the answer. Um, with cyber insurance, you have to basically do two things. One, um, you need to understand like what is the what is the situation insurance is supposed to make you whole right so what is the scenarios where a business would get screwed and would need to call in that insurance right i literally so i don't know if you guys know this i own an insurance um an insurance company i own a consulting company as well it's, it's called coastal information security group and it does consulting i literally just did some consulting for a financial uh, management company last week um, and they called me and they said, Hey, do we like the, our, um, our errors and omissions insurance is coming up and they want, they're pitching us to add cyber insurance as a rider on the insurance policy. And it costs X amount of money. What do you think? And I, I, I said, okay, well, let's talk about it. Like how, like, and I know this business cause I've been serving them for a few years, but I said, okay, like realistically based on your company size, based on your business model, based on the tech stack, based on everything you're doing, um, I do not recommend you get cyber insurance because there's really no instance where you get screwed where an insurance policy is gonna do anything. Um, the only instance it would be, there's first party liability and third party liability or third party risk. Um, third party means like something you depend on. Like I depend on Restream to deliver this stream every morning. If Restream were to get hit by a ransomware attack, I would not be able to deliver the stream through Restream. That's not because I did anything wrong, but that's a third party risk. So maybe I get an insurance policy that makes me whole uh, for the lost business because, because of some third party thing. That's the only instance, but even then the policy and the premium, it wasn't worth it. So long story short, Carl, what you need to do is you need to look at this business, understand what their business model is. Like a manufacturing company, that one is a cut and dry, simple example where yes, you need cyber insurance. Cause if the friggin' widget making machine stops working for whatever reason, that's, that's money that's not being made. Great cash, homie. And you need, how many days you're going to be down? How much per day do you make? What's the policy? What's it going to pay on? Then you got to, by the way, the final thing I'll say about insurance, because I'm sure people are like abandoning ship like it's on fire, because uh, this topic is not interesting to a lot of people. Um, all right, hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Uh, do we have an issue in chat right now? Um... Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, and clean this up. So it looks like Eric Tate is in chat and kind of being not really a inclusive, supportive, appropriate community member. So uh, mods, if you want, Eric, appreciate you checking out the stream, but not sure this uh, aligns with what we're doing here. All right, going back to it. Sherry says, when a person can't pay their bills on their house, can't pay their car insurance, the first thing they do is bankruptcy. The business couldn't afford to stay going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's up, Benny Rodriguez? Yeah, insurance is... So Midori says it's not interesting until it is. Um, <laughs> well, 
Yeah, it really, it really, trust me, when you have to call in insurance, you'll be glad you have it. It's like anything else, right? You don't want it, but it's there. No, Carl, you're good. You're good. I, I dude, this is what jawjacking is. We talk about different stuff. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's insurance. Actually, it was kind of funny, Carl. Uh, maybe there was demand for it because we were at 211 people. Then it jumped to 238. Now it's, now it's back down to 224. So who knows what's up? Um, Jerry Bell's team hybrid. Good to see you. Sherry. Hey, I got a question for Sherry in chat. Sherry, have you dropped any knowledge bombs on your grandkids yet? And just have them like blow their hair back because, because you're like, you're like, Hey, I don't know what your grandkids names are. We'll, we'll say, uh, I don't know, Teddy be like, Hey, Teddy. What password vault software solution do you use? And they're just like, Grandma! Ah! I use Bitwarden. And you're like, yeah, me too. And then like everybody high fives at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I love it. Um, all right. Thanks so much, Justabyte, for the uh, the event management stuff. Uh, Michael Torres, what Imperial Stouts did you have for your pain? I happen to have Old Rasputin, uh, North Coast Brewing's Old Rasputin Tall Boys, in the fridge at the time of my grilling injury uh and that is what i drank it definitely worked and uh, i will just tell you guys i will never ever do um so like when you burn yourself right run it under cold water okay like whenever i burn myself and i run it under cold water i run it for like 30 seconds and then call it a day i literally submerged my hand for, i'm not gonna exaggerate Five hours I had my hand in an ice water bath. I went to bed wicked late, like 1 or 2 a.m., um, and slept with a sock on my hand. And when I woke up, it, it, it like it did not, it didn't hurt anymore. I mean, my hand is still, like, you can see it. Like, well, you can't see it because of the light, but, like, um, my hand is, like, scarred. But it, it doesn't hurt. And the weird thing is, I mean, guys, when I say it hurt, it was like I could feel my heartbeat in my fingers. Like, it was throbbing. No, so, Jamie, they didn't get frostbitten. I didn't keep it. It wasn't like an ice ice bath, like the kind that, like, football players get in after a game. It was just, like, you know, a bowl of water with, like, three or four ice cubes to keep it cold, but not frostbite cold. Yeah. Have a good one, Alana. All right, Justin Gold, we'll get you those permissions. What was I cooking? Oh, man, I had a, um, I was doing chicken fajitas. So, uh, I like, I don't know about you guys, but I own one of those, like, um, grill rack things. Looks like a, uh, it almost looks like a colander, kind of, except it's shaped like a pan. You throw that on there, you put a bunch of cut veggies up, and then I had marinated chicken, I was cooking that off to the side. It was a sweet setup, guys, it's just... You know, when you're, when you're moving and shaking and you're doing a bunch of things, sometimes you just miss the grill handle. James McQuiggan, have an awesome day, everyone. Coffee cup cheers. Glad you're back. I knew you were hot. I knew you were hot, Jay, but that's taken it to the extreme. <laughs> Thanks so much for the super chat, James. And uh, coffee cup cheers to you too, sir. No, I didn't burn my fingerprints, guys. The the burn is like across, like like I grabbed the grill. Uh, it, the burn is right here. Like you can't see it because of the way the camera and my lights are set up. But uh, Dash wants to know some home project ideas for labs trying to get into offensive security. Yeah, well, okay. So if you, I'll tell you what, Dash. You know this isn't bad. 
this um, this sock analyst playlist right here. You might think, okay, sock analyst, I want to be offensive security. That's not good. Here's the thing: if you walk through this, you actually install Sliver, a C2 framework. So even though we're doing all the stuff of looking at um, defensive mechanisms, this lab is actually pretty good from an offensive security perspective. If you wanted to work with C2 post-exploitation frameworks, which is a little bit more advanced. The other thing I would say, I mean, not really home labs, but, and I say this all the time, I have an affiliate link somewhere, but uh, you know, um, let me see this really quickly. I will tell you this, uh, dash it's all the way on the bottom. Um, where is it? This course right here, TCM Academy, they have a ton of different information on their website, but this course in particular, I just linked it in chat or dropped it in chat. This course right here is phenomenal. This course goes from zero to hero. You stand up uh, AD, you hack things. I think you do Kerber roasting at some point. Like this course is super legit. I know several people in chat have gone through this course. Let me know. Um, let me know if you if you agree. Uh, Frank wants to know if working in a SOC is a requirement to become a threat intelligence analyst. No, it's not. It's not. So there's different kinds of threat intelligence analysts. It certainly wouldn't hurt. It would do you a good. It would do you good service to have worked in a SOC because you'll have better appreciation for it. But no, you don't have to be in a SOC to do CTI. Um, I would encourage you to talk with uh, Joel Belton, Frank. He's a um, a CTI guy. Um, Samuel Kemmins, uh, he's in the industry. Like, <laughs> I have a video for it. Um, um, I got a video right here for it. This uh, could be worth watching, Frank. What? And it says, "What is cyber threat intelligence?" Um, but. Basically, it's uh, me talking to, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, come on, bro. It's me talking to Samuel um, about what CTI is and how to get into it and stuff like that. So what is this video? Did I do this one? Huh. I guess that's a live stream I did with somebody. Oh, it's Joel Belton. Actually, hold on. I didn't even know I had this video. <laughs> so here's a video uh, of me interviewing um, me interviewing Joel Belton and Eric Taylor, who are you know community members, Barricade Cyber, right? Where is it? Come on, show me a screen cap, right? So there's Joel on the top. There's Eric on the left. All about CTI. This is an hour long stream, so you'll get mad value from this one. Giddy up on that, guys. I got to tell you personally, I love that I have. A video for most things it's like it, it makes me so happy <laughs> um all right i got a 9 30 uh guys but hopefully i'm super excited i'll, I'll continue working on the um I'll continue working on the uh, the the graphics packages for the new channel. Um, yeah, 
Thanks, Jesse. Yep, Jesse's confirming it. TCM is completely all hands-on. This course, super dope. Um, I just want to remind everybody that I'm kind of I'm like I've soft launched it, but January, I'm January, like around September second, uh, I'll be properly launching a new channel, Simply Cyber Cafe. Let me show you a little teaser for it. All right, so that's the SC Cafe. That will be the new um, Simply Cyber channel, right? So uh, Simply Cyber will continue, obviously, but the SC Cafe will be a more casual Simply Cyber experience. So think of it as business up front, party in the rear. Simply Cyber up front, SC Cafe in the rear. That's what's up with that. Oh, Dash, if you already own that course, get after it. Yeah, for sure. My CEO wants a board meeting tonight and wants a meeting room mic for those online. Suggestions, anyone? Jesus, that's kind of like last minute. Um, I mean, the meeting room mic, isn't that like, isn't there like that classic, like uh, three pronged one that everybody has? Thanks, Jamie. I'm glad you like it. Have a good one. Sh Shannon, GRC Cyber God. Yeah, ca casually Joseph likes casual cybersecurity. Oh, I've got, um, I can't, I shouldn't even, no, never mind. I just pretend I didn't even do that a minute, a minute ago. I got asked um, on Tuesday something very cool. And um, a committee was going to meet last night to discuss and decide. So I can't say anything, but... I, I got some really cool news potentially uh, to share with everybody. Uh, let me actually, I just want to check my DMs really quickly. I forgot about this. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Hold on a second. This is this is super cool. I wanted to share. Um, oh my God, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I guess not. Hold on one second. Uh, there's no... Uh, the thing is, I get DM so much that, like, to go back and look for something is, like, really difficult, I think. Whatever, I'll do this off stream. Oh, here it is. Um, all right. I'm, I'm replying. I'm replying to the DM because I would love to share this live on stream with y'all. Oh my God. You need a place to have all your DMs in one spot. Do they have that, Aaron? I would I would pay <laughs> I would pay for a solution that does that. Um Yeah, sorry, Space Tacos. It's really, really cool. Um, it's really cool. So I just can't say anymore. Um, but it's very cool. I guess I'll say that, right? It, it it's kind of a I'll put it this way. It's a it's a career goal I have. It's one, it's one, it's one, I, I don't know about you guys, but like I have career goal, like bucket list or whatever, like things that I would really like to do at some point, get in a PhD was one of those things. Um, like speaking at DEF CON is one of those things. Um, but 
Um, but, oh, they do have something like that, Aaron? You'll have to tell me. I'd be interested in that. No, see, I, I didn't, I didn't know, I don't, I didn't know who, like, it was one of the board of advisors um, DM'd me directly to ask me a question about uh, my interest in something. And um, Space Tacos wants to move back to Germany. Hey, Space Tacos, uh, Doris Scheutz uh, and Gregor Litek are two people and Stefan Waldvogel, although he lives in U.S. now. But Gregor and Doris are both in Germany and they're in the community. So maybe uh, just message, not message them for a job, but like connect with them. They might know of some opportunities here. Hmm. So Mr. Wednesday is asking if it's my big news is full time here. Um, it's not it's not that news. This is something else uh, altogether. But I do have some cool news. Um, I just want to I want to share it with the community in a more um, pr packaged, produced way. So I, I don't want to say anything. But, you know, after September 1st, September 2nd, I might have more time to work on things for the community, but, but I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, <laughs> I want to, I want to have a big like announcement thing for the community. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't have time. Like I haven't had time to put things together because I've been really focused on launching the cafe. But, um, so anyways, n nothing, nothing to say, nothing to see here, uh, per se, but yeah. September 2nd, mark the calendars. Oh, hey, here's a shed update if anyone was... Um... So Dash is saying someone's having issues getting into the Discord server. Dash, can you DM me? I know, I think Jesse DM'd me last night and said someone was having a problem and I was going to look at it, but I didn't. Um... Um... So, uh... the Buffer Flow Studio... Um, where we currently stand with that, for those who don't know, um, I built a YouTube studio in the backyard to enable me to deliver more uh, content to you all. Um, um, we, okay, so the last thing outstanding is doing built-ins for the studio. Uh, Mrs. Ozier is uh, spearheading that project, and we ordered all of the materials, like the cabinets and the, the product and stuff like that, um, and it's being delivered, I think, uh, tomorrow or Monday. I, I, I'd have to check, but uh, it's being delivered, and uh, once that's delivered, it's going to go gangbusters, and after gangbusters, I'm moving into the studio, so it's going to be wicked dope. I'm going to have two different angle shots. One's going to look a lot like this one. One is going to be further away and allow for two people to be in the shot uh, so I can have guests live and in person, which is going to be really cool. Um, so we'll see what's up. So Germany is so awesome. I used to make the trip to... Oh, you guys are talking Germany. I've I never been there, but... Um, Oh, thanks, Space Tacos. Yeah, crash a crash for Oktoberfest. I love it. Very nice. All right, guys. It's 9.23. I got a 9.30. Maybe take a couple minutes for a uh, 
get a refresh on the coffee. A coffee cam, Adam Powell? Yeah. Actually, you know what I want to do? Um, I, I don't know if you guys think this is interesting or not, but I want to have like a shelf in the background that says what I'm currently reading with whatever I'm currently reading book there. I'm currently reading Visual Threat Intelligence by Thomas Roscio. And I've got um, a book that Jenny Housley um, set me up with on deck. Um, so hold on one second. This is my on deck book, but um, I don't know. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty tough, not tough, but it's a pretty big read, right? So this book right here, Fancy Bear Goes Fishing, Jenny Housley recommended it to me. So I picked it up, but it's, it's, a, it's, this might be a beach read, y'all, because this is a, uh, this is definitely hardcore. <laughs> so can't tell you just how much this community means to me as a cyber newbie. I truly appreciate you cultivating it and hope everyone is like appreciates everyone for being super dope. Yeah. Space tacos. That's the goal. That's what we're doing here. We're all about good time, support, inclusion, and uh, celebrating each other. What do you mean, Kyle Murphy? I gave you, um, I gave you uh, quasi announcements. No, no. Oh, hold on. Oh, okay. So here's the update. I got, I got DM'd back. Okay. Uh, and I'll read it. Quote: Hey, Gerald. I floated the idea, and it was well received. It's going to be uh, put to an official board vo vote soon. We'll let you know. So that's the current state on that. So stay tuned. Uh, the, the book was uh, Visual Threat Intelligence. This book right here. You can see I just bought it the other day. About halfway through it. I'll drop a link in chat. All right. Yeah, Kyle, a bunch of big announcements. We got the new channel. We got the studio. Um, you know, I mean, I guess if you've waited, if you've hung on this long, you're, you're definitely diehard Simply Cyber community member. Um, you know, basically my, just shh, don't say anything because I do want to do a big announcement, but basically um, I'm going to be cutting back my hours uh, at Haiku and taking those hours and putting them into Simply Cyber and my consulting business. So, but that I, you know, I, I kind of gave six weeks, um, a six week run, uh, uh, runway or six week schedule to um, ratchet down my time. And also I've identified um, a backfill and I'm training that person. So it's all good. John Bruno wants me to recommend a good PAM solution. I've only used Thycotic in the past, and uh, I liked it. So Thycotic is uh, pretty good. I guess they got bought by a company called Delinea, whatever that is. So if you're interested, John Bruno, here we go. Give that a shot. It's the only one I got, though, right? It's not like... It was a fine product. I don't, I didn't, I didn't evaluate a bunch of different products. I just, it was a fine product and that's all there was to it. Hey, wet, wet, 
sure. All right. All right, guys. I appreciate that, Kyle Murphy. I do. I love serving this community. I'm so grateful for the opportunity, the sponsorship, the squad member sponsorships, um, all the things. And I mean, yeah, I'll have more time for the community, but like, like I'm doing the Cyber 101 course. That's been greenlit by the college that I'm coordinating with. Um, I'm working on a, a course for cyber threat exposure, um, continuous threat exposure management. I'm working on a course on how to use YouTube to build a cyber brand for yourself, which I know is a little kind of like, seems a little odd, but like I've spent three years building uh, a YouTube channel and community. So I have knowledge I can share. So I've got a bunch of projects plus the studio. Plus um, I'm going to be get like one. Here's the deal too. Like once I transition to more time for, for me and for the community, I'll be able to do um, that TV show with Night Studios. That's been kind of pushed to the side because of um, timing and stuff like that. Um, so anyways, I, I want to do like in-person cohort um, training. Like I've got a bunch of big plans and I just need time. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's stream. Thank you all so much for hanging for jaw jacking. Stay tuned. Uh, tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern time, we got another great uh, final daily cyber threat brief for the week. This has been episode 417 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast. Thank you all very much, and I hope to see all of you at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time later today. Until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Come